everyone and to welcome to another episode of Smart Home Stupid People. My name is Madeleine Siege and together with my husband, which is not here, who is not here at the moment, <laughs> will be there in a second, Eris Felmeth. This episode is about the question, what do you think you're breathing? And there he is. <laughs> Hello everyone. And I think this, the title of that episode has been, has been inspired by a situation Where Eris asks someone, you know, like a friend, actually, what do you think you're breathing, right? <laughs> It's And actually happened to me a few times, yeah, believe it or me not. To me too, actually, that, as well. Um, somebody is kind of, you know, pouncing on me about uh, some belief system that they have about whether it be an environmental one or, or other. Oh, I think this thing's a little wonky. I can't get it closed. There it goes. Um, and, no, no, <laughs> not quite. There we go. <laughs> um And they have all these opinions about how everything needs to be controlled by man and that everything is horrible. And specifically with the CO2 question, you know, like everything is is uh, needs to be taxed and that uh, certain things are good and certain things are evil. And I just stopped and looked at him and said, what do you think you're breathing? And he looked at me. He's like, what do you mean? I said, well, what are you breathing? You obviously have some pretty radical ideas mm. as to what we should and shouldn't be breathing. Tell me what you think it is that you're breathing. And he looked at me, he's like, well, oxygen. I said, well, you think the air is just oxygen? And he's like, well, yeah, at least 50%. Mm. And I said, you think the air is 50% oxygen? <laughs> Keep going. What, How what, would what? that feel like? <laughs> I was like, yeah, what's what's in the rest of it? And he's like, well, the rest is CO2, right? And, and if we get too much CO2, then we can't breathe. Mm. Therein lies the, the, the this, <laughs> this little funny predicament. For those of you yeah. out there who perhaps don't know, the air is like 79% nitrogen. Most of what you breathe is nitrogen, which is awesome in German. Look that up. I'm, I'm still not so sure anymore about the numbers. But uh, well, the numbers, like depending on the altitude <laughs> yeah, and so on and so 70, forth. Some 70. I was, you know, surprised uh, as well when I was in university and I learned for the first time the composition of air. What you breathe every day. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't, I was not thinking about uh, of, of nitrogen. nitrogen. Nobody not talks about nitrogen. Like, but we act as if nitrogen? like, yeah, people <laughs> always say, you know, there's no nitrogen in the in the soil. So people have this as assumption that Nitrogen is special and absent, but it's actually one of it's the most abundant um, yeah, um, element in the atmosphere that we breathe. Yeah, and then on top of that, and so uh, oxygen is usually around 19%. percent, um, and so that's only two percent left over in our atmosphere of stuff. And stuff. I believe argon <laughs> is the next one in line. I think it's almost one percent of our atmosphere. And then you go down the ladder, and then so the rest, this last percent is mm. pretty much everything else. And I think that CO 2 is like point. Yeah, it's, no it's just a very two or something. Small I have to take a look at that again. Yeah, take a look at it. Uh, the point me. is, is that uh, regardless, uh, it's it's definitely not 50% plus oxygen no. and the other half <laughs> is CO2, and we're all going to die when it gets over 50%. No. I've I've never. It's 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 amazing to me to see how some people could have such violent opinions and have no connection to reality. Yeah, at I think that it's, point. you know, like the, there are two aspects to it. The first thing is that you know breathing is such an mm. essential. 
reaction in our body. And, you know, at least we should kind of know a little bit about the process. You'd think that 10 years of mandatory schooling in, in Western <laughs> society, people would know what they're breathing. Well, again, right? I, I was not learning. I can't remember or recalling it that in in school, I was learning the composition of the air. It was, you know, at the university when I started studying biology that I learned this as well as how the breathing process really works. And mm. I think this is something everyone should know. Just as, you know, we talked in the other episodes about the female cycle. Every female should know how her cycle works. But mm -hmm. I can I can tell you there are a lot of women out there <laughs> who, who have no idea how that works. And these things are just so basic on one hand, but also on the other hand, so complex and amazing that this happens in our body every right. day that we should really appreciate this and at least have a little understanding of how it works. So mm -hmm. this is maybe also today a little, you know, like a dedication to <laughs> the breathing and and how our body works. And so right. I was yeah, just just so came just up with like a, depending on yeah. what chart you look at and what sources, these these will always vary a little bit, mm -hmm. right? So you have here in this chart, this is just like I went to Google and I just wrote the word air composition in it. And the very first picture I just decided to click on. And it says here that it's 78% nitrogen, 20.9% mm. oxygen. And then um, it goes down to uh, 0.17%. It's funny that they put argon gas on below other gases. So mm -hmm. it, sh it just goes to show you that something's a little weird with this chart to begin with. Mm -hmm. That You know what I mean? Like, yeah, put, I think it's just about the basic The point numbers, is, is know, like, like I mentioned, 78%, I've, I've always nitrogen. learned closer to 79 nitrogen. Mm -hmm. Oxygen, they say here, 20.9. I've heard anywhere between 19 and 21, mm -hmm. depending on your altitude and where you are on the planet. Um, and then you have uh, argon, which is, like I said, almost a percent. In this chart, they decide to make it 0,9. And carbon dioxide here, they put 0.03. It's actually closer to 0.02. It's a roundup. Mm. Uh, and mm -hmm. I think it's funny that like just because um, carbon dioxide is such a hot, you know, it's a hot topic, they always kind of like put it on the chart. <laughs> it doesn't even make the top like, you know, three. Yeah. So the point is, is that I really, you know, without getting into that whole climate debate and really, I don't want to even focus on that. I no, think to me, me the, the most I'm amazing thing really is <laughs> how we exist. Yeah. What is air? How do we breathe it? What's happening in our bodies? What's happening in, in, in um, the biosphere? What's mm. happening in plants and, and trees when they breathe? How do they breathe? Mm -hmm. And do we breathe like them? What about the fishies? Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, uh, they have no access to all of this special, uh, <laughs> the uh, nitrogen in the air that we think of. We think of them in, they're in water, right? So how yeah. are they breathing? It's, it's actually quite interesting if you want to, you know, come up with a little stuff that we prepared, but just, I don't want to go in too much detail. I mean, this is something that you can spend hours and hours and hours to talk about. Well, before we go really oh, okay. into the scientific yeah. detail, I just wanted to kind of explain that um, if you do martial arts, you know, put, let's put it this way. Before we start, what was the first experience that you had in your life where you had to learn to breathe? Mm, like th that, that was when I when I did my dive, uh, divers license. There you go. Diving and what license? was what was yeah. so special about it that you had to learn? Well, it was about how you calm yourself down so that you're not using too much air when you're underwater. Because at the beginning right. you're so you know excited, and when you started in a pool, and then you you start breathing mm -hmm. more often, and so you use up all the air too quick in your from your bottle, right? So the first thing right. that they teach you is that you take very long deep breaths. And relax. relax breathing, that you really right. relax into the whole situation. So you calm down and then 
you have a regular breathing pattern and specifically underwater it's so amazing because then you really hear yourself breathing you know yeah, you, you it's all to, you could focus on yeah you really just hear your your own breath and that was really something interesting because i never experienced it in, in this like this before where was this that was in Tasmania. Uh, no, it was in Australia. So I studied uh, in Tasmania for a semester. And after that, we did some traveling. And at the Great semester Barrier Reef. Semester how many months? Uh, like Six months. So half really? a year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess trimester semesters. Okay. But the scholastic semester is is not that long. So I guess you stayed a little bit to explore. I, I started in, in, in February and the semester ended in July something. Mm-hmm. And after that, yeah, I had some time for traveling. We went to mm-hmm. New Zealand and to Australia and at the Great Barrier Reef. My back then boyfriend, he wanted to do his diver's license. I was not really into diving, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not a, I'm not such a water rat, but a I wanted to ride. try it. And so we we did the class, and it was like four, three days, four days. The class mm-hmm. at, you, at the end, you start in the pool, and then you go outside, you know, in the real water. And I, I quickly realized it's nothing for me, <laughs> but it was a great experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right on. Yeah. Um, oops, I didn't spell that right. Uh, for me, I I would say the first time I learned to, or I had to, how old were you when, when that happened? Just, just. Oh my goodness, that must have been 2007. So what am I <clears> now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Matt, almost, almost 40. Maddie has a birthday coming up. Yep. The big four. Oh, 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 oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so this is you were still doing your studies at the time. So yeah, so you were in your twenties. Yeah, I was in my twenties, yeah. uh, two thousand seven. Right. So, yeah. um, and so uh, for me, it's funny. I was actually much younger. Um, this would have been. I was born in eighty four. I would say. late 80s, early 90s was the first time I really had to learn Mm -hmm. something. Now, I was, uh, my parents put me into gymnastics when I was younger. So uh, I was a a national gymnast and uh, by by the time I was a teenager. And so I was training since I was three years old, right? Up until my mid-teenhood. And um, then I found other things that were cooler. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, learning, you know, backflips and flipping around always stayed with me. Oh Mm -hmm. shit, I didn't start that stream either man today is a day we had a, a we had a we huge update sh- sugar influence as well yeah we're a little bit <laughs> exactly um we so sorry for all of you guys in podbean we are now live in podbean um hello, hello. and uh, we just had a huge update with ecam we're using ecam to produce the show and uh, the buttons are all new now and so it's just it just kind of threw us out of our pattern and now it's like what else do we still have to do mm. um so I, I would have been, you know, six, maybe even eight years old. I can really remember um, clearly having to deal with this, but running mm-hmm. fast. Yeah, yeah. You know, in the beginning of every class, we would we would be made to run mm-hmm. a lot and mm-hmm. do jumping jacks while running and tuck jumps and all this kind of stuff. And kinder gym, we called it. <laughs> and um, then I would get a cramp. And for mm-hmm. all of you guys, for, you know, North American kids probably know the same thing. You know, you go out uh, maybe in North in, in Europe over here, it's with uh, European football. In North America, every other sport, you know, whether it be hockey or, or, or um, well, baseball. With baseball, uh, actually baseball, I think it's one of the worst ones because you're always standing and then you have to run. Mm-hmm. Whereas in hockey, you're always kind of moving. Same thing as soccer. Um, and uh, football, it depends. But the point is, is that you get cramps or you swim and you get cramps. Those are bad. And learning how to breathe while you are 
you know, a bit stressed out mm -hmm. and you have a cramp. Mm -hmm. And for me, I just remember the first time my coach is telling me, he's like, in your nose and out your mouth. Mm -hmm. And I asked them why. Mm -hmm. You know, first thing I did, I said, why is that? And obviously being in North America, um, the air is colder outside. So if you're if you're outside in winter running, um, it's always nice to breathe into your nose. That way it doesn't hit your lungs too cold. Mm -hmm. um, second, breathing into your nose and out your mouth forces a mental thinking of mm -hmm. breathing. And this mental thought of breathing actually overrides a lot of the uh, autonomic systems mm -hmm. in your body. Mm -hmm. Furthermore, breathing in through your nose prevents you from taking big gasps of air. Yeah, so yeah. you can't go, <gasps> yeah. like you can't, you can't yeah, take yeah, it. Yeah. So in your nose, <laughs> it comes in slower. Yeah, it's true. Right? Mm -hmm. And exhaling through your mouth is, mm -hmm. is just, it, it, that, that's that idea. Saying, same thing, you know, circular breathing when you learn a trumpet or you mm -hmm. can play the flute, right? Mm -hmm. Learning that kind of thing as well. I just wanted to say that actually I started also learning earlier, you know, when I started learning the, the classical flute, that was also, we had a lot of breathing ex, ex, exercises right. for that as well. There you go. And then for the cramps, they told me by regulating my breathing, it'll help uh, with oxygen flow and it'll mm -hmm. help the cramps go away. Mm -hmm. And if you actually, while you're exercising and you're doing something a little bit more strenuous, you get into the habit of breathing in your nose, it'll prevent the cramps from actually occurring. Mm -hmm. um, so that was something that I learned really young and it just kind of always stuck with me. I think at that point, I would have been about eight years old when I, when I actually <clears throat> learned that information because I asked the question, right? Um, but then later on in, in um, martial arts, it was a big thing too, you know, learning how to breathe in a meditative state, mm -hmm. learning how to breathe when under duress, um, learning how to breathe when doing cold water training, you know, going out into the lake, which I still do a couple times a week, learning how to breathe, um, like you mentioned, you know, when you breathe and you're stressed, you burn more oxygen. Yeah. Uh, and Madeline's going to go into great detail about that in a few minutes <laughs> and tell us what's actually happening inside of our body while we're breathing? Where, mm -hmm. Where's that energy coming from? Because this is now that next big thing is, what is energy and how do we use it? How does everything mm -hmm. use it? You know, I think that's such a, it's such a weird thing to think of because when we think of energy, we think of light bulbs and, uh, you know, gasoline perhaps, you know. But how, how does that actually happen inside us? Because what's really amazing is, is that we have this incredibly complicated way of harvesting energy, putting it down, copper pipes and calling it up on demand for our lights and for our cooking and you know mm -hmm, stoves and all mm -hmm. that stuff. But realistically, what's interesting about it is that none of it does a really good job of matching how biology actually takes in energy. Yeah. And it's and it's a really interesting thing to to think of when we talk about doing as in nature. Nature doesn't do it that way. So it's a very interesting idea as to how does it work in nature? We'll get to that. Maybe we could ask that question again at the end of the show. Mm -hmm. Um how could we perhaps change it to do it like maybe nature does? Hmm. I would say the very first thing that we could think of is maybe a lot of the shit that we want to power we don't need. <laughs> I think that's I think that's one of those unfortunate yeah. you know things that when we really think about yeah. what we use our power for and the influx of it and how mm -hmm. you know most power plants are still doing one thing and one thing only, mm. but also creating maybe more circular um, energy cycles. You know, just as I'll, I'll come to it in a We'll minute. come to that. Yeah. Um, and before we get into that, I do want to say that we have some new stuff going on. Ah, oh, look, it's the Felminator. What's she up Hello, to? Hello, Felminator. Hello, Felminator. <laughs> Hello. Uh, just watched last Sunday too. My hands were busy to message. <laughs> nice hearing. Uh, oh, look at this. I'm getting all these pop-ups and I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Sorry, guys. This is, uh, like I said, with the new, with the new um, update. Oh, I can look at that. I can actually make it big screen now. That's cool. 
So not to get too off track, I have to push the button again. Um, it was nice hearing other engage, uh, others engaging last Sunday, though a nice start of the topic asking what person's thought what a person thought they were breathing. And, yeah, I, yeah. and I love this. So I <laughs> I bet no one really thinks about it or looks into it. And this is You can why. try that uh, this week, you know, just ask the people try. what they think try we're breathing. It specifically, like, you know, <laughs> I, think let us know next time. I think it's a really fun thing to do to try and like get someone to, because it's so easy today to get someone to give you their, their, their opinion on like climate <laughs> change and CO2 pollution and stuff. And just kind of like, you know, let them get, let them get on it and let them get going. And then just ask them, what's in air? And they'll be like, what do you mean what's in air? Well, you know, that stuff you're always breathing, what's in it? Do you know? And and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I guess that expert who was trying to tell me that we uh, should change everything because we have to watch out for what we're breathing doesn't actually know what we're breathing. Mm. That is the part to me, regardless of all, like pollution will always be an issue because uh, it's, 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 it's shit in the sense that we create stuff that doesn't degrade properly into the well, environment. Well, actually, actually, you know, just want to, yeah come to that point where if you look in, in nature specifically with the CO2 what it's at the end is a cycle you know like for example right. the the trees they or the plants in general also algae and some bacteria are able to um, do the photosynthesis which means they use light energy and well, out we'll of get into all the science stuff in a minute oh, okay. there are a couple of things I wanted to do oh, first okay Good. All right. But I, I, I want, I, I, she's itching to do this. I can see it. A little bit. She's, she knows all this stuff and she just wants <laughs> she's to. like, me, me, me. I can say right? it. <laughs> the last thing I wanted to say is before we get into the meat of the episode. The meat. Is that we have some new stuff going on. We decided to put out our, um, uh, on Rockfin, which is our home, right? So let's put these buttons over into action right now. We are on Rockfin, Telegram, Twitch, and DLive and also an audio format on Podbean. Um, I decided to, on Rockfin, to um, publish our podcasts. And the reason for it is, is for all of you premium members out there of Rockfin who are watching the content, I do a lot of driving. And mm -hmm. when I drive, I listen to podcasts. I think I've been listening to podcasts and, and talk radio, you know, for 30 years. And this is what has always intrigued me with the podcast format is I really do enjoy it. You know, I love the music stuff. And then when I get tired of music, I go to the podcast and then I go back and forth. But um, the Rockfin world, unfortunately, uses a lot of data when you watch video cast mm. uh, live. So for those of you who want to watch us now, I got something coming. Here we go. So here we are live in studio. That's our... <laughs> thing over there so that we can monitor the chats coming in on um, Telegram and Rockfin. And I'm going to show you guys the screen. Am I looking at the right one? Yeah, this one. There we go. And boom. This is um, my phone. And I'm just going to pull up Rockfin because this is a bit confusing and I, and I didn't really get it at first either. I'm looking at, you know, my, my my podcast. We're live right now. So when we go to it, now you can see that we have published a few podcasts, which are down here. And it's the audio form of now the first uh, four episodes. And we're going to keep going. We're going to get them all up there. If you go to the top right, you see this, this funky little whatever that is. It's like a compass that's aimed in the wrong direction. Um, the top right. And then you scroll over to podcasts. Then you get all the podcasts. And I didn't. And this was a pain in the ass when you're when because you always want to do this stuff when you're in the middle of something, right? And so I'm in the middle of driving, going. There must be a way for me to access the podcasts on Rockfin easily. 
And that's how it's done. So once more, top right, that weird button, and then you scroll over to podcasts, and then you get all the podcast form, and then you can click on whichever one. And right now you can see that we uploaded four. That's why we're, that's why we're in the top um, 10 for uh, for podcast right now. There we go. That was, uh, mm. that was a little mouthful. <laughs> there we go. And so now we can start with the meat of the show. <laughs> Maddie? Oh, no. How do we breathe? How do we breathe? Um, so maybe just in general, you know, like what we think is breathing, there is so much to it. It's not only, you know, like breathing in, breathing out to get the, the um, and for air those are, for into those, all uh, For those of the people out there uh, in oh. the uh, podcasting world who are, I know you want to talk, who, who are listening to you, what, what are your credentials? Why do you know this? Well, that's, I want to say that. Like, I don't go. know if we have to mention that all the time. But yeah, I'm a biologist. I studied biology and also um, I received a PhD in biology, which does not mean that I know everything about it. <laughs> <laughs> but it means you know a lot. Maybe. <laughs> but at least I know how to get the information, you know. <laughs> That's something you learn when you um, when you receive a PhD. Yeah, how to research to, and how to, to get it. To research and also yeah. what are good sources and which are, you know, what are not so good sources. And just really dig deep. So anyways, one thing that, of course, we learn also while you know, studying biology is yep. how the human body or as well also the animal body works. And one thing that I found so interesting is actually very similar. It's similar in every organism is the cellular, oh my goodness, cellular respiration. So she's <laughs> had to do this in English now. She's not yeah, used to it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. It's like never really explained that in English. Give us the German words while you're at it. Zellatmung. There you go. Much See? easier. It's actually funny. Yeah. Cellatmung. Cell well, right. the, the cellular respiratory cycle, which means that what happens in our cells when we, you know, breathe in the air, what are we going to do with this? What is important is we need the oxygen for that so-called respiratory, uh, cellular respiratory. And oxygen mm -hmm. will help. I don't know if you want to pull up some of these things that yeah, we said. We have but some pictures. Uh, you have some pictures. From the internet. Basically, what it what it does is, well, you know, imagine you just ate a nice donut. And you, you, you know, took all in all the sugars, all the glucose. And now, now what? What are you going to do with that sugar? So the oxygen will help you to really break down the the energy that is in mm -hmm. this um, in these sugary things through um, a cold redox re um, reaction, which is basically um, transfer of electrons from one molecule to the other. Basically, what you do is you use energy rich sources and you 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 kind of use the energy that is that is within the glucose and the sugars of your donut and, and change it into a form that your body can really use for something and it's you can imagine like you know filling up little little batteries all over the place <laughs> and these batteries can go everywhere it's called ATP ATPs are like the the batteries that fuel your muscles, for example, mm -hmm. are your cells when they have to pump pump out ions and all that stuff. So ATP is like the the money your your body needs in order to function. You know, it's like a energy source. And in in that whole cycle um, that's happening within your cells, the cellular respiratory, yeah, cellular respiratory. This is what what happens right now. The ATP will will be produced there, and you need oxygen in mm -hmm. order to do so. And that reaction is similar to in every um, plant and every uh, organism, not only as animals, but it also there's some some species, for example, bacteria. They don't need oxygen. They can, for uh, for example, use um, 
what is that? Sulfur? Sulfur. I'm not sure if it really sulfur. It's um, H2SO4. H2SO4. <laughs> well, it's, it's, a, it's not oxygen, but it's kind of like a, um, a combination where you have it is, oxygen it's, it's in su- it. Sulf, uh, sulfur dioxide. Yeah, something like that. So they can, for example, the sulfur bacteria, they don't, need, they don't need sulfuric air. Ga- sulfuric acid. Sulfuric acid. Some shit like that. All right, Some shit like go. that. <laughs> so they don't need to breathe. That's why, you know, they kind of like, they can be happy in their little mm-hmm. sulfur sulfur um, source and they they can also do that um, that energy they can also gain energy from this reaction without having oxygen but in usually in, in general we need oxygen in order to uh, um, yeah, it's sulfuric acid yeah um, in order to uh, to have that if you put put it back on um here you can actually see and that's what i wanted to say in the beginning you know what is so amazing about nature and how these cycles are created the energy cycles like on the left side you see that there's light and water you know and um this is actually what plants can do they can with light and water and uh, co2 so co2 and water and energy the light energy they are able to produce um like uh what is that um glucose so mm-hmm. this is Sugar. A, Sugars, right? Yeah. So carbohydrates. And at, as a side product, they produce oxygen. And so the plants are amazing because they actually can create their own food, mm-hmm. right? So they produce the, yeah, so the donuts, <laughs> if you want to say so like that, that. So that CHO <laughs> yeah. up there, that's a form of carbon dioxide. That's a, I mean, that's a, that's a sugar. That's a sugar, that, yeah. Uh, that, so it's a carbon, um, carbon um, carbohydrates yeah. are essentially long strains of sugar. Uh, of, of, uh, well, it's called, uh, this is all organic uh, chemistry, which means organic always means you have the C atoms in it, right? Yes, so yes. long, long chains of C atoms and yeah. there you have uh, oxygen and also hydrogen attached to it. That's right. And depending on how many of these C atoms you have, they have different names, Glu- glucose, fructose, I don't know, sucrose, all these kind of different mm-hmm. names. And glucose is the smallest version of it. It's easy, easy digestible. And what the body does is breaks it down and uses the energy that is within these bondings. And mm-hmm. what, what to do with this energy? They transfer it in forms of electrons to, um, for example, to the O2. Mm-hmm. And while doing it, they are can create this ATP, which is the energy-rich source. And this is actually all you need to know about this stuff. But what the cool thing is, you see on the left-hand side, this is what the, the plants can do, right? So there's uh, called... This green, the green, um, the green stripes. Mm-hmm. This is basically um, what what you find in the leaves of a tree, is the chlorophyll. Yep. And within the chlorophyll, the whole magic happens, <laughs> where the plants are able to take the CO two um, and the water and the light energy, like the the, um, the sunlight energy, and shift and change it from the energy of the light into chemical energy. That's why the, it's important to water the plants and keep them in the sunlight. Absolutely. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> they need that. Yeah. So, and while doing the, all of this, they create these um, carbohydrates, right? And mm-hmm. as a side product, oxygen is released. And guess what? The other animal, like other organisms who are not plants, who can't produce their own food, they mm-hmm. are depending on food sources. For example, the plants. Mm-hmm. Also, then you know when when um, so, so they want to eat the sugars of the plants. Yeah, they need sugars yeah. because they can't create it themselves. We are not plants. We can't use the sunlight and water and oxi- uh, CO two mm-hmm. in order to produce our own energy. We have to take in the donut. We have to take in the plant <laughs> material in order to yeah. um, to to get that energy. And this is the 
to getting that energy is that respiratory cellular cycle that I just explained. So basically, but then you see the nice thing, here we come back full circle, when we humans or also animals break down the, the sugars, and we take in oxygen, which the plants produce for us nicely. <laughs> mm-hmm. What do we admit from it? We, you know, we breathe out CO2 and there's also water that comes out of this. Um, and yeah, here we go. Then we produce the CO2 that the, the plants then can reuse again and also the water that comes out of it. And we break down what they just built back into the... the, um, the um, the components, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's a it's a nice cycle, and if you look at it, there is no waste, there is no extra stuff, and also many people don't know. Also, plants breathe, right? So they also take in um, oxygen, and they also mm-hmm. breathe out. Well, not really breathing, but it also is called breathing, kind of. They also have the same cycle because. Well, it's not enough to just produce the sugars. They also, right. you know, have to do something with it. The same yep. thing that we humans have to do with it or also other animals. They well, have the, to break down the, the sugars again. energy for them to build, to uh, make, to extend their, to grow yeah. new branches, to um, stay uh, to stay alive, right? Yeah, that's why you have the light and the dark reaction when the, when the you know, the light is uh, out <laughs> in, in the dark. So when the, photosynthesis is no longer occurring. Yeah, when no, no more photosynthesis is um, possible because you don't have light anymore, then the dark reaction will come into place, which is the same that happens within our cells. So basically just what you can see, they take the now um, oxygen in, so also they need oxygen, and the sugars they just produced, and basically they do the same shit we do. Yeah, and they breathe. Yeah. <laughs> and they breathe. And so it's not that they only, you know, take in the CO2, they also emit CO2. I don't know if it's actually true, but I heard that um, many times when I brought flowers to someone in the hospital and they always take away the flowers in the nighttime because they they were afraid of, you know, that the flowers take in too much. Oh, yeah, (laughs) um, I've heard of that. Too much oxygen and take that away from the patient. I don't know if that's actually something that you should be aware of, but but basically this is what happens, right? I've heard like, um, just like us humans, we eat a lot and we store our fat reserves. And then when we um, are not getting, when we don't have food, we burn our fat reserves. And Mm -hmm. just like plants, they create sugars under sunlight and when the sun is no longer there they start to burn their sugar reserves it's not really like that it's more like they kind of shift their um, their you know what do you say that like the, the focus of what they're doing as, okay. as we would you know we constantly breathe we constantly have that within mm-hmm. our cells and I am I have to look it up if also plants actually constantly do it but I remember there's a dark mm-hmm. reaction the dark cycle that yeah for you know, for a reason, it's called yeah, dark yeah. cycle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this is something like um, I've 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 learned about um, in in Canada, for example, that uh, yeah, we have dark seasons, and the the trees in the north, you see, they they're mm. darker. The, the the needles are you know the, mm. they, they don't have leaves anymore. Instead, they have needles because they have to survive the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is for I I learned um, in like you know survival camping that if you want to be able to stay alive, that there's a lot of sugar uh, behind the bark of the silver birch tree, for example. Mm-hmm. So you can take the bark off of the tree and um, boil it. Huh. And, yeah. uh, and 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 drink it and it'll keep you alive. There's enough carbohydrates in the wood that uh, if you boil it for a few hours, even the needles mm. themselves, you boil those for a few hours, you'll have a really thick, nice um, tea yeah. with the uh, carbohydrates in there that'll keep you alive. But maybe just to sum it up, I think, you know, 
I remember how complicated all of this was. Not only the the breathing cycle within mm. our cells, but also the whole photosynthesis, like for semesters and semesters, which <laughs> like piling through all the right. reactions. I had to learn them all by heart. And I can tell you, it is a hell of a complicated system. Well, and... This is something I'd love to talk about a little bit because um, <laughs> we 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 were going before, like while we were going into the the, the preparation for this show today, it was interesting because I come at this kind of stuff with more of a, a chemistry mm. um, and physics point of view. Like I just it's always been more interesting to me. And when I was going to go to university, I, I it was it was chemistry that I was focused on, and uh, it's it's really funny to see how where. Biology starts and chemistry ends, mm-hmm. where f- chemistry ends and physics begins. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a really strange thing because these are all three different practices that are used to explain reality. Yeah, but th- it, within the practice of each one, and even mathematics, you know, where mathematics is just done on paper and where it meets reality, you know, uh, it's it's really funny to see how. These are all different practices, like we were talking about last time, um, you know, with rules and reality or reality. Mm-hmm. Are we using mathematics to describe reality, what we see, or are we making reality with the mathematics and trying to fit reality into our models? It's one of those things where, you know, we do both, but at the same time, it's important to understand what reality is, to not lose touch. Mm-hmm. And I see that with the physics and the chemistry and the biology world all the time where, um, you know, my first my first question was is like basically looking at this slide. Oh, push that button again. Is it says CO2 plus H2O plus energy. My first question is what's energy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, and it's a funny question. thing. And and the way it's it, we 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 ended up pulling up her old biology books and the way biology book talks about it says sun energy. I'm like, okay, well, what is sun energy? Mm-hmm. And then you go more into it and it says it's a photon. I'm like, okay, well, what kind of photon? <laughs> and and this is one of these funny things where oh, I'm missing from the picture here. This is one of these funny things where um we know that reality is simple because it works. Yeah. But the way that it's taught in every practice is taught in a very complicated way for it to kind of be a niche in that praxis. Because mm. obviously, Madeline, in her biology world, you, you had to do a lot of chemistry and physics. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But when a lot of people ask you, what is sun energy? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to go into that and say, okay, well, and I'll, I'll do my best to kind of like give it a little bit of an explanation. I know it's not so interesting for you. <laughs> uh, she despises physics and, chem- uh, you know, she well, likes chemistry, but physics is just like. No, both of it. I never really, I, I had to go through because of my studies, but I never really enjoyed it, to be honest. <laughs> I enjoy, and it's a funny thing. I enjoyed it and I, and I, uh, and I, I wanted to study because I enjoyed it. Mm, when I started yeah. to see more of the scholastic environment and world, I lost interest. Mm. And I realized, you know, I, I'd rather just st- study it on my own when I'm interested and keep myself interested instead yeah, of becoming, sure. I've seen that with musicians. A lot of musicians take on um, certain jobs, like becoming, um, uh, specifically a friend of mine, he, he works for, um, uh, what do you call it? A, a union where he um, does film scoring mm. and his life has become drag and drop on the computer mm-hmm. and his guitar is collecting dust in the corner. And he, originally he has like a, a, a gold record um, from the 90s. He was in a band called The Infidels where he was the guitarist. Mm. And he said, unfortunately, uh, you know, he started doing film sco- uh, um, scoring in order to do music all the time. But now it's become so computerized that it's really just drag and drop and he has no time to actually play or think about music. And it's the mm. same thing with you. You know, you did the chemistry and the physics to uh, to get into biology, but at the same time, it's not a part of your daily life and, and the interest when it's not there. Um, it, you know, your focus goes somewhere else. And as you mentioned before, 
because you've studied it, and I know this from my personal, it's like riding a bicycle. When you see it again, like if someone asks me now, please explain exactly how stoichiometry and all that stuff works, I'll, I'll, I'll have to, I really will struggle. Mm. Um, but if I start seeing the equations and I start seeing, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the formulas, it all comes back quickly once I start yeah, yeah. doing it. And, and that's, I think, the most important part about studying is to study it because it it's in the subconscious somewhere, this information. Yeah. Whether we can recall it out at will is another story. But mm -hmm. what I was getting at was what, what the hell is energy, right? And now when you think of what is sun energy, um, we talk about the photons. Okay, well, what is a photon? You know, a photon is a, 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 a wave form mm -hmm. that's emitted uh, in, in, in as light. You got a yawn? Looks like a big yawn. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I suppressed I it. I can see that. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so uh, I, I ended up watching a physics talk uh, lecture today just because I was just, just trying to get back into it uh, before coming into this episode. And the guy said, you know, um, and I remember reading this way back, how much energy has to be in a photon in order for it to, uh, when it hits uh, what they call a plate, which would be uh, a something, right? Um, to separate into um, electrons and protons, because mm -hmm. when photons smash into something, they 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 they, be, they they turn into other particles, and they turn into uh, uh, what we believe to be. And like I said, I say believe because these are all theories. We've measured them. We know how they work. We just don't know why mm. they work. And I think it's so important to understand that with everything. Why do we, what is it, what are you breathing? I think it's like, we know we're breathing. Even if we tried our best to really describe it, we learn all the mechanisms as Maddie had just explained to us. Do we really understand where they come from and how and why they're there? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it, it, it's that's that's like now we're asking that God question, you know? It, 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 how, how do we go from... Um, chemistry to code? How did we go from uh, a swamp full of amino acids and then all of a sudden now we have uh, you know, genetic structures that are more complicated than any code that humans could ever write? Mm. You know, it's, it's unbelievable. Yep. So in, in, as a photon hits a plate and it, and it bashes off and becomes protons and um, uh, sorry, not protons, as it becomes uh, electrons and positrons. And I must say, I have to go into another little side rant. Why they call them positrons? It's the worst. I think it, this goes back to that book, like your book on stress. How all these words came mm -hmm. out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. And if we can just sit down and rename things properly, uh, this is a place where it should happen, <laughs> right? And I and I, I I always opted. I said this back in chemistry school uh, in class that uh, I don't want to call it an electron anymore. And he, the teacher was like, "Well, why is that?" He said, "Because now you have a positron and an electron. It makes no sense. It's either going to be a non-electron or an un-electron." Negatron. Or a negatron. <laughs> I love negatron. So I say we have negatrons and positrons. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a cool transformer. Yeah. Who's absolutely. just always depressed. Hello, <laughs> my name is Negatron. Life sucks. <laughs> so, right? So, so uh when the when the positrons and the negatrons uh you know are created, it, this is this is one of these things. In order to create one negatron, <laughs> one electron, um, that original um photon that hit that plate had to have been emitted uh, on a gamma ray level of energy, mm. right? That's huge. Mm -hmm. So it's amazing to think that, you know, we have all this electricity, we're moving it all around, but for one of them to be created by light, um, it has to be emitted by uh, a gamma ray, which is, which is huge, right? If you really think about uh, um, where they come from and how they're made, stars bursting and uh, um, what do they call them? Um, 
uh, quasars, pulsars, mm -hmm. all this mm -hmm. stuff. You mm -hmm. know, it's uh, this is where this stuff is being radiated into the universe. And when that light hits something, energy is formed, right? Mm -hmm. Out of supposedly nowhere. Mm -hmm. But anyway, that's a topic for another for another uh, day. So we went through the idea, Maddie, about what is air? Mm -hmm. What are we breathing? Mm -hmm. How energy is formed, right? Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, the idea of fear and meditation mm -hmm. and how we actually take this stuff in. Because that's what we were talking about earlier, you know, the first time you learned to even acknowledge breath. It was while scuba diving. And they tell you, don't breathe too deeply. Yeah. And I learned in martial arts. Uh, we well, it actually said breathe deep. No, sorry. Uh, don't don't breathe too quickly. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And 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 uh, breathe long and slow mm -hmm. instead of fast and shallow, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I learned uh, in martial arts way back when that um, fear is one of the biggest things that burns electricity uh, uh, or energy in mm -hmm. your body. Yeah. Right. Yep, yep. And so you can see this with someone when they you know when they get stage fright, they just go white like a ghost. Mm -hmm. Right. That's all the blood going everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, not mm -hmm. knowing what to do, leaving the organs. Mm -hmm. um, Trying fight to or flight. fight or flight, you yeah. know. Um, so what uh, what what can you tell us about fear? Because now that you've studied stress a lot, a lot, a lot. <laughs> uh, her her book that just came out in German mm -hmm. just now, well, last week, last week, twenty sixth, twenty sixth of January. Yeah. Madeline's second book came out. We should get a cover of it and show it to the audience. You Perhaps want to? there are some German speaking people out there who would like to purchase one. Sure. There we go. We'll get into that. <laughs> um, what can you say about the relationship between breath, um, sugars, creating energies, and fear, you know? Yeah. Th there is a link there. Absolutely. Well, if you think of the fight and flight reaction, what is it good for? Obviously, the name already says it, you know, is a reaction that either leads to fight or flight. And so it is um, a stress reaction which helps you to survive. Mm -hmm. I always like the example of the rabbits because there are like prey animals for many predators. So they fleeing is for them, you know, their safety mm -hmm. <laughs> safety code into their bar systems. And so what happens during the fight or flight reaction is that all the systems in the body are really focusing on providing energy in that very moment. So what happens is that the the um, um, the sources that you have, for example, in the liver, they mm -hmm. get sent into the blood system. You know, the the easy digestible sugars go into the blood system, into the brain and the muscles. Uh, sorry, not into the brain, but more into the muscles and the extremities, so that you can run fast. Mm -hmm. And also, the it's adrenaline and noradrenaline that's um, send it out to the bloodstream as well, which helps to shut down, like the um, um, or no, actually increases the heart rate, so that the blood gets pumped faster to the body so you're oxygenated um, more or better the lungs are kind of the 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 little lung what is that blation lung the little there are bubbles in your lungs right so the little bubbles oh i don't know what they're called i don't know <laughs> but your lungs kind of expand so that they can take in more oxygen and the whole body is just provided of you know a higher um a higher Turnover, I would say, right? So just just be active um, and run and and f fight. Even also, the blood, the thinning of the blood is in, in, um, improved in case of you get hit by something that the blood is not, um, mm -hmm. you know, coagulates fast, much faster. So everything that that supports that fight or flight is actually happening within your body. And of course, the the breathing has a lot to do with it. 
And so the 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 that system, you know, depending on the person can be very sensitive. It's like a it's like a smoke detector. You know, some mm-hmm. some of these smoke detectors they they go on a little f- faster with some people, you know. Like I think I'm I would say I had a lot of times where I felt that fight and flight w- without any immediate danger. Danger. Uh, and yeah, yeah. you know, you're like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and it has to do with some things that you were experienced, you know, in your past, um, mm-hmm. some triggers that might remind you of something. This is also a whole whole different story, but there are mm-hmm. a lot of things that can cause us and, and lead to that reaction without the the real danger. And when you're aware of that, you feel like, oh, you can see, you know, or you can feel your your heart is um, pounding faster, you're breathing faster. Mm-hmm. You're going into that state and you look around and you don't see any danger. And then you can consciously control this situation because this happens all unconscious. You know, this is like a, it's like a... Mm-hmm. Um, a quick danger reaction or reaction to danger where everything happens in your unconscious and with the nervous system that is not really controlled by your um, will right? in order to make it so fast. But you can absolutely influence your uh, um, metabolism by concentrating on your breathing. Once you go into a deep, long breath cycle, you can calm yourself down. Well, this was actually, like I said, going back to when I was like eight and I was learning, it was Ashley, Mm -hmm. um, when I was learning about um, breathing in my nose and out my mouth. That's what it was a a big thing that he told me. He says that Mm -hmm. doing that will help you get over the flight or fight, the fight or flight um, mechanism because now you're mentally actively taking control of what your subconscious was originally doing for you. Overriding it. Exactly. Basically. um, I also learned that from my Zen meditation where you breathe in and you have a very long Mm -hmm. um, uh, breath out where you really focus on a on a longer out breath than an in breath and you are okay. really relaxing into that and while you're doing it, it can feel that you become more and more relaxed into that whole system, mm. system and situation and also something actually one situation where i really realized how how important breathing is was when i was i think i was 12 i was in a situation at home where there was a little bit craziness going on in my, mm. you know, parents' place and my mother and my grandmother both had a nervous breakdown. And so I was with them and I also felt like how that nervous breakdown kind of came over me, which meant I was breathing so short. I had such a short breath mm. that I I didn't get enough oxygen in and I could feel like my, you know, I, I felt that I kind of um, lost my consciousness almost. And so mm. I remember that my dad took so me like, away so from the uh, situation. So like you fainted. I was close to it because I was like <gasps> hyperventilating, mm-hmm. right? And um, because I didn't know what to do, I just felt there's something really wrong here. And I don't know what this is, you know, what kind of reaction that actually is. But mm. it, I think it also prevents you from physical or mental danger <laughs> damage and I remember that my dad took me out of that situation and I, I I kind of caught that situation caught my consciousness back and I thought to myself okay you have to breathe in slowly and breathe mm-hmm. in slow, out slowly and after a couple of minutes I felt like this was helping yeah but you have to come to that point where you know breathing is so important and you better. can yeah. you can absolutely influence it if you're aware of it yeah I, I learned a couple other breathing techniques um, for that reason. Um, yeah. One they like to call a box breathing technique. 
Yes. I'm a Miller too. And box breathings are interesting because what you're doing is, and I have an interesting way of doing it. I've, I, I haven't had a lot of people, I've never heard someone teach you to do it this way, but this is a way that I like to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell me what you think about it in a second. Okay. Box breathing <laughs> is typically you take an interval, whether it be three or four mm-hmm. or five or six, mm-hmm. doesn't really matter. And well, it depends on what you want to achieve, right? Um, and you breathe in for, you know, four seconds, hold for yep. four seconds, out yep. for four seconds, and hold for four seconds. And so it's this four corner that yeah. you're just constantly going around. Yeah, yeah. Um, right? So hold, breathe in, hold, breathe out. Hold, breathe in. And every. And so mm-hmm. what's interesting, when you start to add it up, you know, um, it takes 16 seconds mm-hmm. for you to get one mm-hmm. breath, mm-hmm. right? So 32 seconds to get two <laughs> breaths. So you're getting like, you know, maybe yeah. four breaths a minute, which then you start to see, like instead of going... <gasps> And, yeah. and getting like a breath every couple seconds, now you're really consciously slowing your breath down. Mm-hmm. You're realizing you have enough oxygen. You mm-hmm. have enough energy. Mm-hmm. You're okay. Mm. And that fight or flight gets turned off because of it. Yeah, because you just give a different signal to your body, right? right? So you breathe slowly. And when you breathe slowly, the body thinks like, oh, you know, things are okay now. Well, it's I one of these interesting of calm things. Calm down myself. Yeah, it's it's like... Um, when when you need this explosive energy, that's what this fight or flight is there for. It's it's a part yeah. inside of us to just run like hell and yeah. and to turn off pain, you know, um, and so on and so forth. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Actually, so, just, yeah. just to come back to your yeah, breathing, please. it's funny because <laughs> I even mentioned that in my book in order to prevent stress and, you know, manage my stress, I was breathing a couple of times in square, I kind of wrote it like that. You in know? square. I, I, I breath in square <laughs> a couple of times a week. Yeah. So I, I actually know the same, not with the seconds, but with, uh, you know, breathing in mm-hmm. one, two, three, four, and then holding it for four. Yeah. And the important seconds. thing that I learned is when holding it is um, you have like um, a valve uh, mm-hmm. at the top of your chest. And because, um, you know, we're not like primates, um, we have to eat or breathe. We can't do both. <laughs> <laughs> Primates can do both. Um, yeah, that's you why, sure about that? Yeah, that's why they make all those funky sounds when they eat. Right? Okay. It's uh, it's it's a it's a horrible thing that um, yeah. they don't have sinuses like we do, and they can breathe in their nose while they're uh, while they're swallowing. Okay. Right. Yeah, so they actually have two like valves a... that go down their throat: one for breathing and one for eating. Ah, oh, okay. Right. No, I learned something. <laughs> <laughs> I just learned this the other week, so it is. Okay. It, it's well, new again, for me too. I always ask because you know there are some 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 of these things are out there, and you always have to ask for the resource. And because I came across a lot of these, yeah, you know, assumptions, and then if you look into the publications, you don't really find anything about it. And so, yeah, well, like I said, whether it's every um, primate, I don't know, but there are definitely um, primates like gorillas and so on and so forth that I'm under the impression um, have two different tubes. One for yeah. eating and one for breathing. I actually, I read about this too when I was looking for, you know, things that are a little fuck up with, with us humans, you know, things that, that yeah, are not working well, yeah. which is one example of the 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 trachea, was that the, the, the trachea, the air, yeah. where comes the air and, and the food at the same time. And that's why there are actually a lot of people who, who die from it because, course, you know, like you, br- you, you breathe food <laughs> into your lungs. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, you, you choke and you, yeah. and you so, can't breathe. you know, ask yourself, why is it like that? You know, obviously yeah. there could have been a better solution that was less dangerous. That's, that's, <laughs> that's one of those theories for, did we evolve from monkeys? <laughs> it's, it's, it, or, something, or something like a primate? We don't, like, honestly, these are all theories and I think that it's, it's nice to ask these questions. But yeah. when you see things like, uh, I've always found it funny, you also mentioned that um, rabbits and hares have different number of chromosomes. Right. Um, you always mention that. I actually never really looked it up. I thought you up. mentioned it to me. Uh, I'll, I thought you were I'll, my I'll source. I'll look it up. <laughs> 
because I find it interesting that they're definitely different species and they can't have offsprings. But I'm not so sure if this is because of the different numbers. I'll look it up in a sec. The uh, but the idea, the question I remember having is, you mentioned that the rabbit and the um, hare they have a common ancestor from how many thousands of years ago? Do you remember? Ooh, Mm, long time ago. A long, long time ago. <laughs> and yeah, my absolutely. question but is: If you is, go back a long, long, long time ago, and if you believe in evolutionary biology, we have we come all from the same source. <laughs> well, this is a different thing. Like, I mean, that that it's it's that's it's that Big Bang theory, you know? Um, yeah. There well, are even with the mammals, right? And the the vertebrate vertebrate um, animals that are on the on the Earth, they mm. all come from like something that came out of the sea, and it's called um, what was that one? Tetrapoden. The ancestors of it, which South was like Park a, called a, it a fucked up fish frog, something like that. <laughs> well, I think he called it a gay fish frog. A gay fish frog, <laughs> something I don't know. like that. I don't know about his sexual orientation back yeah. then, but <laughs> so yeah, all these things, you know, when when we learned that in evolutionary biology, it was like, wow, okay, mm-hmm. 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 interesting. <laughs> um, so back to the box breathing. Oh, <coughs> sorry. See, <coughs> choking and eating. Um, <laughs> I didn't eat actually. Going back to box breathing, uh, a technique that I like to learn, uh, that I like to do is um, I'll put the microphone down for a sec and I'll zoom in on myself. Um, right here on this part of your arm, you can feel it. There's a, there's a spot right here you can grab into. Um, let me see if I can grab it right now. There it is. Right for me, right here, like when you're taking someone's pulse, you put your finger, I put my thumb in here. Yeah. And I can feel my pulse really well, right? Depending, everybody's a little bit different depending on how uh, how much muscle tone and fat and all that stuff is on your arm. It might be easier or harder to find. But for me, it's right about here. I stick my thumb in there and I can feel my pulse really well. And I'll actually do the Bach breathing with my own pulse. Mm. So oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll do something. I'll pick, depending on what I want to achieve, I'll take different intervals, like I mentioned before, three or six. Six, I can get a full breath. Three is, no, I'm not getting a full breath. Mm. And this is mm-hmm. where that the reason for doing the box breathing, if I'm in a really relaxed state, then my heart rate is lower mm-hmm. and three beats for me is yep. enough. But uh, if I'm trying to slow my heart rate down, I'll pick a different number, like a, four, like a, a, like a five or a six. Yeah. And the reason why I'll do it is, is that I'll do the box breathing well, instead of counting, I'll be feeling my pulse, consciously trying to slow my pulse. Mm-hmm. And you'll notice after a couple of minutes of doing it that um, you're getting more time to breathe mm-hmm. with because your pulse is actively slowing down. Mm-hmm. And I, I always found that to be really cool to try and actively f- mentally slow down your pulse. I mean, there are many ways of doing it. Yeah. Um, and uh, for me, it's it's a funny thing. A lot of people like to they achieve that by going into a type of meditation, and 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 then eventually that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I just watched uh, the other day Limitless with Chris Hemsworth, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's uh, there's an episode where he uh, has to swim in the Arctic Ocean near Norway, in mm-hmm. Norway. And there's another episode where he has to walk across a crane, like in Australia, in Sydney, that 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 huge oh, yeah. building mm-hmm. they have that looks like essentially similar to the Shard in England. And um, he's on this crane and he has to walk out, turn around, and come back. Oh my goodness. And they're monitoring his pulse yeah, yeah. live while he's doing it. And you can see him start to, he gets to the end and all he does is he looks down and his pulse just spikes. And yeah. then he's trying to actively use all these techniques, breathing and all that stuff that they had recently taught him to bring it down. And he successfully brought his pulse um, down to like 100, you know, like 104, 105 uh, from 150 uh, within 
10 seconds, 10 to 15 seconds, you know, mm-hmm. just by refocusing, you know, yourself. And this is this is now going back to the original topic of today is when you really take into consideration, what is it that you're breathing? Mm-hmm. Well, you're not actually breathing anything. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're converting energy. Yeah, it's true. It's just um, shifting energy from one form into the other. Right. And the, the, the act of having lungs, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's probably a better idea because trees don't need to get up and run anywhere. They're actually kind of fucked that way. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason why we have lungs is because we're very active, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. in the way that we move around. And you can see that in athletes. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. if, you, if you've been an athlete for many, many years, your lung capacity will change. Yeah, yeah. You know, your hearts will grow to a different yeah. size. You'll be able to pump more. You'll see the veins on your arms and your mm-hmm. heads, you know, they'll they'll get bigger, mm-hmm. right? In order to allow more blood f- mm-hmm. flow through, which is a very difficult thing for people. I've had this happen to myself where I was very, very, very active and then I got a desk job. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like suicidal almost, you know, you mm-hmm. really feel it in your system that your body is not used to having a slow pulse. Yeah, for I had the so, same when for I, such long periods of time. When I went I all in, I also quit my um, exercise regime. Not not you know like yep. from one to another, but I kind of was um, training several um, times a week for several hours, and then I kind of really kind of mm. stopped. Well, explain uh, for yeah. the people out there what's all in. Oh, okay, yeah. Just as <laughs> a short abbreviation. Um, which means like I I I start eating everything that I wanted, how much I wanted. Well, I think the, 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 the bigger time, and it was just fixing is, my eating disorder from that. That's right, is to uh, stop dieting. Stop dieting and also stop over-exercising. Find a pattern that really works with you. That you know you. Yeah. You enjoy movement, and you're not you're not exercising because yeah. you want to you want to burn extra calories and you want to shape your body in a certain way but just because you really enjoy it yeah and i think that was that's that's a, a very difficult thing for a lot of people um to understand why they want to do something mm-hmm. and when we're talking about uh, people who under eat and over exercise what are they thinking what do they think they're doing mm-hmm. right and that was the issue that you had is that you were undernourished and you were over um ex- yeah. exerted right and so and i think that what you did was one of the best things you could have done is to just turn it all off and do the thing to you that is the scariest thing on the planet <laughs> yes. and just eat and stop exercising for yeah. a bit and just live and, and it's and it's I'll tell you I mean for some I couldn't believe how hard that was for her it was she was petrified mm. of even the thought I remember her crying once because I, I I I wanted to see if she would eat her egg yellow because she kept taking them out of her eggs and, mm. I, and I kept anyway the point was is that um, she got over all of that and yep. now she's a healthy forty year old almost <laughs> in a couple I still days have two days left <laughs> still have two days left until until the big four zero the big four zero there we go yeah well. Um, so again, talking about fear and mm. what we we're talking about before, we don't actually breathe in the way that we think we breathe. Uh, and I say this because if you cons- if you focus on your fear, mm. if you uh, focus on um, trying to control some of these uh, systems inside, then actually you're not burning as much fuel as you yep. need. Absolutely. If you're not stressed all the time, you're not burning all of this fuel that you could be using yep. to, to live. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And even within, you know, the everyday life, if you observe yourself, what we usually do is we breathe very shallow. You said that mm-hmm. like that? Yeah, so shallow. not not very deep. Yeah. And because of that, you know, you're not taking in as much as oxygen as you could and really right. fuel your body. Um, so what I try to do, like I have a alarm clock, you know, every hour I remind myself to really check my breath and kind of 
do a couple deep breaths and really sit in meditation and, and watch my, my breathing and run, kind of fuel myself with a lot of air. There's also a breathing exercise called, um, what is that? Where you don't have a break in between, in and out mm -hmm. breathing. The alternative, um, what is that one? I can't remember what it's called, but that was the actually the other one I wanted to talk to you about as well. Yeah, um, I, um, I, I don't remember anymore, but I did mm -hmm. that a couple times where really I had one workshop where for a whole hour we did that breathing where you, you breathe in and out at the same, like without uh, that short break, you would have naturally in the in and the out breath right mm. so and i did that for a whole hour and after that i felt like i was on drugs or something yeah yeah, yeah. i was so oxygenized <laughs> you want yeah. to say that and at the same time what happened was there i could feel a lot of energy shifting within my body that you know a, a lot of emotions came up uh, where yeah. i felt like i yeah. gave myself so much energy that this could shift somehow that i was crying even with, mm -hmm. after that hour so it was very very intense i can really recommend that to it's, try it's it. funny i mean uh, so i've done uh, vim hof breathing as well yeah. uh, and it's and it's it's very it's What's almost the same cold? thing the way he does his breathing which i i really like it's a very interesting way and it's also um, a way of uh, hyper-oxygenating yourself before diving. Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing. People who have never done it before will have emotion roller coasters. Mm. And you can see yeah. this online, Vim Hoth teaching people how to breathe. And yeah. they do exactly what you said, is that like after five to 10 minutes of doing the breathing, they start crying and they break down because they're high. They're yeah. just not used to being real. Yeah, right, yeah, I, yeah, I would yeah. say in that moment. Absolutely, it's really something else, and you can feel it. You know, after already ten minutes, I felt I was changing something. Then another half an hour, and after an hour, I was totally fucked somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> well, the way he does it with his system is a more intense way of doing it. Um, the way it's done is uh, breathing in a big deep breath, mm. filling your lungs, and then, like I mentioned before, how we humans we can um, we have a valve. Mm -hmm. And we can choose to breathe in and lock that valve so that the, mm -hmm. the so that the air stays in the lungs, mm -hmm. which means like if someone were to punch you, that valve mm -hmm. is there and you can actually pop a lung, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so this is a big important thing to understand when you have your lungs really full. It's the same thing as diving and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, that you you want to be able to have a good pressure uh, yeah. and a good system to work with to repressurize. Yeah. yeah. Um, and with the breathing in, what you want to do is kind of keep, I, I, I keep it open. Mm. So what happens is, is that after breathing all that air in, I actually just stop. Mm -hmm. And the automatic contraction is what, I'm not actually actively exhaling in the Wim Hof uh, yeah, yeah. Um, breathing standard. Um, and I don't know if this is 100% the way he teaches it. This is what I, I, I got from what I learned from his, I, 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 I signed up, a friend of mine had a course and I, and I got the tail end of it. Um, and uh, when you're exhaling, you're not actually actively exhaling. You're just letting go and letting the air mm -hmm. naturally come yeah, out, out. Um, without locking the valve in your in your in mm -hmm. your in your throat, right? Mm -hmm. And um, by doing that, what you're doing is you're only breathing in and you're not breathing out. And mm -hmm. so you're really breathing in more than you're breathing out. Yeah, yeah. And by doing this intensely, we're talking like even 40 breaths of doing that is painful. And it's very hard mm -hmm. to do for the first couple of times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But um, I did this with Madeline and um, I got her to hold her breath for the first time through over three minutes. Mm -hmm. um, and by doing this technique, usually like if you do three rounds of it, it's, it's, I find it to be very difficult to get to even three or four rounds sometimes because after yeah, the yeah. second round, you're, 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 your lungs hurt, you're tired. Yeah. Like I said, you'll do 30 to 40 of these breaths. Yeah. Huge breath in, keep the top open, let the air come out, and then breathe in. And uh, you could do it on a pulse, just like she was saying, in, out, 
mm-hmm. in I, I think it's called alternating breathing. Alter- Possible. Alternate breathing. Makes sense. Like this, like something yep. like that. Yeah. And then by the time you get mm. to the last breath, you actually breathe out mm. and just relax. You yeah, don't yeah, actually yeah. breathe in and hold it. You breathe out and relax. Yeah. And... Um, Mm. Yeah. If you do this, usually, you know, uh, after, if you do this every day, three rounds, by the end of the week, you'll be breaking five minute barriers of holding your breath. Yeah. I mean, you can see that with, you know, like these apnoe divers, right? The the breathing exercise they do, you know, apnoe, like the people that dive mm-hmm. really deep without yeah. um, oxygen. Polynesian dudes, right? Stuff. I don't know, probably, but you can see how much you can really train your breath. And I know that also I did a lot of yoga where you have, for example, the alternating nostril breathing, mm. which I really like because whenever I feel I'm all over the place, I'll just do the the nostril breathing, you know, like in and out on the other mm. side, you change it. So there are a lot of things if you want to try it and that kind of also count me down. I think with me, as I said, I learned flute playing, the, the breathing exercises deep into your belly were a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Also with the um, singing classes where you learn to take in a lot of air and just slowly kind of, mm-hmm. you know, put it out there like with the flute you don't want to yeah. <laughs> waste all your air while you're playing because then you have like <laughs> breathe yeah. in and it does, it's not nice while you're playing a nice um, melody you don't want to you know like <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to record it and there are these gasps for air yeah and it was yeah. at the beginning you know when you're a beginner it's just like that you're like a fish out of water and trying to grasp for air <laughs> but after a while you you know how to um, take in a lot of a um, lot of air and keep it there and really slowly mm. push it out. And, and I think that's a, that was always a good training for me. That's yeah. why I think I, you know, kind of fit well with that Well, it's test. a mental thing. And that's... Well, the, that's the other thing too, yeah. That's the whole thing. Is like the mm. first time I held my breath for like three minutes, um, it, I'm thinking like approaching the third minute, I'm like, do I need to breathe or do I want to breathe? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and it's a psychological thing. And then you start to realize, no, no, I'm good. I can just relax and be like this for another 20, 30 seconds. Mm. And then you get to that 20, 30 seconds, you're like... Do I need to do it again? And the more you do this, yeah, the more yeah. that push the doubt, yeah. because that question is always there. Do you need to breathe? And the more you can push that aside. Mm. And this is the good thing about like cold water and diving and all that stuff. I'm not much into the diving and all that, but the cold water treatment I like. Um, when you're in that moment of the cold water, the only way to really just keep it going is to just turn it off and to turn off thought and to turn off mm-hmm. all of this doubt. And this is this goes back into another. Uh, so, and uh, what you were talking about in Kempo when I when I started with Kempo way back, it was one of the first martial mm-hmm. arts I really got in. I was interested in because a friend of mine was a teacher. Um, he called it uh, lower dentian breathing, mm-hmm. and the dentian, from what I understand, is the entire essentially big part of the uh, of the torso. Mm-hmm. And the lower dentian, he explained to me, is three fingers below the belly button. Mm-hmm. That when you're breathing, you're breathing into there, so it's sub abdomen. And um, by breathing into the lower area of your, you're not inhale, you're not um, um, bringing air into the top of your lungs. You're only bringing it into the bottom of yeah. your lungs. And the way that even um, my old coach, Mr. Wong, used to teach me, he said that when you breathe into this area, you store energy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I learned this, that too from um, what's that Qigong? Exact same thing, exactly. Yeah. And what he told me is that um, it's life energy, and this is another whole idea that goes back to our other podcast, <laughs> uh, video cast of um, more than just chemistry. Mm. Now, I'm more of the opinion that this energy that we call life energy, ki and 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 um, prana. and uh, ki and prana, and uh, <laughs> uh, for those of you who are interested in the uh, Thule stuff, the uh, the um, uh, real energy, mm. <laughs> you know, is all the same thing. It's uh, 
it's it's just this life essence. And I've always been of the opinion that life essence isn't something that we know how to measure mm. and maybe may not be able to because it might not be something we could measure with typical chemistry. Yeah. Right? Maybe. But the whole idea was is that you could learn to move this life energy through your body to prevent injury, to, yeah. uh, to keep yourself warm, to override yeah. your uh, um, autonomic system. But also on the other hand, that this life energy always goes through you. And whenever you have a blockage somewhere, you know, this is where um, illnesses come up because the energy can't flow easily anymore. If there's like a traumatic experience that you're not resolved proper, mm -hmm. if there are emotions that you haven't felt yet, these kind of things, and they got stuck in your system. And because of that, that energy can't flow through all of the parts anymore. Right. And that's why you, yeah, um, you have not the whole energy available and you, you might become ill and these certain spots. And mm. if you focus back onto it, if you focus mm. energy, which, well, attention, which is basically energy, if you focus the attention to these spots, that's why I like with the meditation, I always look into my body and kind of scan and see if there's something that is hurting somewhere where I have pain. And then I focus on it and see if there's like, some something got stuck there and so yeah. if you focus on it and you let it let it or you can even direct your breath into that area just as i said with that breathing technique where you breathe in and out and you oxygenate yourself mm -hmm. <laughs> that much that you can really heal yourself just through that breathing and i did yeah. it a lot of times so it's really working yeah that's a big thing that you know vim hof is now also a big mm. um uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's one thing that he's, he's really trying to bring a lot of attention to is that he's more of the opinion that inflammation mm. in all of its, in, in many senses, you know, inflammation in the brain, inflammation um, in your joints, inflammation anywhere is the cause and the root of most diseases because before a disease begins, mm. inflammation is somewhere. And um, I can go into more detail about how that works mm. maybe later, but the... Um, the, the, the fact of the matter is that what he talks about is he talks about using breathing techniques and cold water therapy. You can um, override your autonomic system mm -hmm. and constantly keep inflammation in check, preventing disease. And, um, you know, he came to Berlin over here a couple of years back and they injected him with, um, with bacteriums. Mm. And um, he was able to, by conscious will, spike his immune system and kill the stuff and he didn't get sick. Mm. And then when they said, okay, maybe he's a freak of nature, <laughs> he went and grabbed, I think, 12 people. They went to Poland, which is 80 kilometers from here, where they went into the mountains. So a little further than that, a couple hundred kilometers from here. And he has a and he has a cabin that he likes over there. And he brought the people up into the cabin. And within one week's training, I think it was mm. maybe two weeks training, mm. he brought them back to Berlin. They all got shot up with the same bacteria. And they all did the same thing. Within two weeks, they were all able to control mm. their own autonomic system when it comes to being able to um, shoot up their core temperature and kill off bacteria. Yeah. And so I find this whole funny, you know, because when uh, the whole corona crap happened a couple of years ago, I thought to myself, this can go one of two ways. Mm. A lot of people are going to see this stuff and say, I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. And then no one gets sick. Mm. Or what happened? <laughs> <laughs> Where it's like two weeks to flatten the what now? <laughs> Years yeah. later, we forget what the hell even happened. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's funny because now, like I said, is I think that understanding breath and fear are, mm -hmm. are just to me so unbelievably related to one another. Mm. And, it's, and it's such an inspiration for me to even want to do something in my life. You know, I think that yeah. overcoming fear and understanding Breath is like to me the very f the, like one of the most 
simple ways to really understand how you're interacting with your immediate environment because you're yeah. taking it in physically. Yeah, know? and also, you know, in every, every, uh, yeah, like, you know, in the Buddhism and, and the Zen meditation, every meditation practice, this first thing is that you learn how to focus on your breath. Mm. This is how you start That's anchoring right. yourself in the very moment because breathing, it always happens and you can just observe it. You can feel how the air goes into your nose and then from there into your lungs. And yeah. just by focusing on it, this can anchors you in or you can anchor yourself in the very moment. And this is where where everything starts, you know, this is yeah, yeah. where you can really, um, yeah, I would say, well, every, you know, people like might call like as an awakening mm -hmm. <laughs> that you realize that your life does not happen in your brain, although you might see everything and you have the pictures in your brain, mm -hmm. but that the real thing is happening in your body, the rest of it as well, yeah. you know. There's a, so when I first learned Dintian breathing, um, uh, as a way to explain, uh, express it to me as to how it works. Because I think a lot of people, you know, they do their meditations, but they don't. Uh, you're really yawning today. I'm sorry. I'm, it. it's, uh, I'm, I'm having vacation <laughs> I think it's next talking week. about breathing. You're just like, oh. Probably. I'm actually, while we're doing it, we're, I'm breathing in a little deeper and maybe that makes me a little, you know. Very well. <laughs> it happens to me all the time. When I start doing a meditative breathing, I have to yawn. Yeah. And then once I get one or two out of the way, then I'm good. Yawning is actually also, I think, a sign of energy shifting, you know, when where things kind of shift from one situation to the other, where mm -hmm. you release, you know, stress or like mm -hmm. release uh, tension. Right. Yeah. So um, yeah. back to the Dentian breathing thing. Is the first time I did that, as I mentioned before, um, when you start meditating, when you start doing mm -hmm. um, a, a new form of anything, you kind of ask yourself, and I remember there was a, a comedian, Patrice O'Neill, and he said, he's a big fat black guy who died, uh, unfortunately, uh, over the last uh, I think decade or something like that. He didn't live very long. Uh, very unhealthy lifestyle. And I remember in one of his later comedy routines, he talked about wanting to get in shape, right? Mm -hmm. And he said, I went to the gym, I busted my ass, I did this, and I sweat. And he's like, and I didn't see a lump. I didn't see anything. Nothing happened. And he's like, and I have to come back and do this tomorrow for how long <laughs> until I notice something? And this is, I think, one of the harder things mm. when it comes to uh, these practices mm. is that integrating into your life yeah. is undoubtedly noticeable. But yeah. doing it once or twice, will you see something happen? I think with the Wim Hof a breathing technique that I showed you, I got you to hold your breath for yeah. over three minutes the first within time. the first time of mm. doing it. So that was an immediate reaction of like, when I remember asking her, I'm like, you ever held your breath for more than two minutes? She's like, no, I can't do this. Mm. And I said, I, I bet I can get you there. Mm -hmm. And we did that and she passed three minutes on the, f I think maybe the second round, but within the first anymore. session, yeah, the she first surpassed three minutes. And, um, it's the same thing, like I said, with the with the Dentian breathing. It's like, okay, so you want to breathe that way for a while and the uh, the skeptic would look at you and be like, <laughs> well, have fun with that. Mm. Uh, I'm going to McDonald's. You know, like it, without thinking, just doing, right? And um, I'll tell you, there's this one thing that we did and he called it, uh, he uh, whether the terms are proper or not, it doesn't matter. What he called it is a soft sheep progression. Mm -hmm. And what he did is he got me to put my arm on his shoulder, right? Mm -hmm. we, were, we were standing, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in front of one another, facing one another. And I put my arm on his shoulder and then he would grab his two arms, his, his hands and, and interlock them like this and pull down on my arm um, with with a lot of strength to see how long, how much strength he requires for me to, to buckle my arm, you know, like to actually fold in. Just, just flat out strength, right? So give me your arm. Put your arm on my shoulder 
he essentially just did this hints. Ah! <laughs> and then pulled down, right? Okay. And and so it became a, a struggle of 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 might, you know. And then what he ended up asking me to do was to do dentian breathing for a few minutes, eyes closed. And then the soft chi progression, which he likes to call it, was to envision that my arm was like uh, was like an I beam in a building, just mm. a piece of steel. He said to envision um, while I'm breathing uh, that my, uh, my 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 feet are going all the way into the center of the earth, and the only part of me that's sticking out from the center from the earth is like you know one percent of the entire structure. That mm-hmm. there's so much stability in the whole structure, and the same thing that the arm. The, from the back of my mm-hmm. shoulder out past my hand, it's like, um, you know, 100 uh, mm-hmm. meters in each direction of just solid steel and it cannot be bent easily, you know, um, something hard, something rigid. Mm. And to really focus my breathing well, imagining that. And this is, I think, that third, I, I would say, part of the whole puzzle today we're mm-hmm. talking about our picture, to make this picture that we're talking, is, is the fear, the knowledge of breath. Mm-hmm. And then our imagination. Mm. I think that we can use our imagination to redirect our attention. Yeah. And by doing so, we call up new forms of existence, right? And this is why imagination is so important. And this is why it's important, why the art is so important of, of, of whatever it is that you're trying to achieve, whether it be mm. music and drawing and all that stuff. All these mm-hmm. different creative arts are so important because it's a form of manifestation. Yeah, I just want to say that, you know, like the difference between imagination and manifestation, I think is imagination for me is that you have something in your mind and you see it, you know, mm-hmm. in, in your like unconscious or a conscious, I don't know, when you just have like a film, like you're dreaming, right? Yep. But manifestation is for me when you really feel this is real, when you feel the emotions while you're doing this, when you feel, yep. you know, the happiness or you really feel that your arm is made of steel. This is where you manifest it right. into the reality. And while I was in my focus zone of breathing deep, um, he got this big fat guy who was beside us to actually hang from my arm and my mm-hmm. arm didn't bend. Mm. And he had the witness of the crowd around to, to, to you know, uh, explain that to me when I opened my eyes. Mm. Or I, he would actually ask me to open my eyes and there'd be this fat guy hanging from my arm. And <laughs> in that moment- person. Yeah, in that moment that, that, that I opened my eyes, my arm buckles. Mm. But in that other moment when I was in my zone and I was really focused and I was breathing, um, I was able to call upon a structure that implemented an immense amount of strength. And that's what he was trying to explain to me about creating the dentian energy and calling it up into my arm in order to make it more rigid and mm-hmm. to strengthen myself as, yeah. a, as a tool. And by doing these types of practices steadily, when you're in a moment in your life where you need it, mm. whether it be an emergency, yeah. you know, um, or a, a point where maybe the fight or flight system is just not helping you, you're drowning. Mm. I think that's one of the harder things is, you know, um, you see people who are well-practiced at this, who can survive for minutes at a time in freezing yeah, yeah. cold water under the ice. Yeah. But the average person who has zero practice won't last 20 seconds. Yeah. Right? Again, it's like, you know, really um, like exercising, you have to practice it then. Well, it's it, like it becomes relaxing. It becomes mm. normal. All these other systems don't kick in. You are in control of what you want to become and what you want to be and what you want to experience, mm. right? Yeah. So I think I think we can wind this down for today. This was yeah. a fun episode. Yeah, there you go. Anything that you want to <laughs> add in there? Um, no, maybe just like an invitation for you guys out there to really observe your 
breath or your breathing for the next couple of days or mm. just, you know, figure out, maybe you'll look for breathing techniques that you like just to see what, what it does to you, what are the effects to it and just, yeah, I mean, maybe become a little more aware of all the wonders that happens <laughs> within your body yep. with each breath and that this breathing I find is for me the clearest indicator that everything is really connected because every single organism has to breathe maybe not in the way we do but they need some sort of you know oxygen or h2o hydro <laughs> stuff whatever yeah. in order to create the energy that they need um, to survive and this is something that we all share and for me this is another you know another aspect to look at it why it's so important that we humans find a way to interact and live with everything that is around us in a renewable way because mm. we need this we need an ox you know like clean air and we need the trees around us because they help us to produce what we need so everything is interconnected and we are not separated for the for yeah. uh, from it and i i think the breath is the best mm, indicator for it yeah. the proof for it. was it not even was it gandhi or was it the dalai lama who said that if people learned the art of meditation and breathing properly yeah. in one generation we can change the entire world and i agree i because agree me too yeah this absolutely. is something that once you felt the results of it yeah and, but you know it's a funny thing it's a good like to kind of put that on the flip side um when i was reading um sri asharya dharma's book um sri asharya pravatka dharma whatever his name is um <laughs> I remember later on in a in a in a follow up podcast episodes that he was talking about this book, and he had mentioned that you know there are people out there that you can sit them in front of a wall and tell them how to breathe and tell mm. them how to meditate, and they'll never have that epiphany. Mm. And it's an interesting idea that there is a percentage of us that will never ever get it. It's interesting because I have I think one case in my friendship cycle, mm -hmm. you know, that I was always wondering because. That person did so much meditation, went to the Vipassana, you know, that, that, um, was that Indian yoga, um, meditation retreat, retreat where you sit yeah. for eight, 10 days the whole day and just meditate. And she said she never felt anything. And I was like, how is that even possible? <laughs> it, so it's interesting because what, um, uh, Sri Sharia said was that these types of people who tend to not feel anything, tend to be the type of people who do well in politics and in business. Mm. They go up the ladder because I think they're searching for something to feel. Mm, and and yeah. the actual connection to reality is just not there. It's like there's a there's there's something dis, 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 disconnected. Um, Interesting why that is so. Huh? It is. Yeah. And, and I, I, I think it kind of makes sense. I think it's mm. a, a lack of sensory, right? I think that people who feel a deep connection to reality and to the land um, or to, the, to reality and, mm. and their environment and all that, they just don't feel like filling this void. They don't have it. Mm, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's a good. And good I see a lot of people, it. a lot of my customers. You know, I work for uh, some of the richest mm -hmm. families in Germany um, over here doing what I do. And I can tell you that a lot of some of these people, and I'll I'll, I'll say, the self-made millionaires that I've met are typically the more sociopathic people mm -hmm. that I know, because they've had to become so numb. And to focus entirely on filling that void, that by the time they get there, they realize that that void is still empty, you know, and they have to find another way to uh, fill themselves with um, 
happiness mm. <laughs> of any sort. You know, they tend to be the most miserable people that I know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's crazy. And then, you know, you you can you can go to some of the poorest areas on the planet, uh, ghettos, really, and you'll find some happy people in there. It's it's, it's interesting yeah. to see that dilemma, to see that uh, dichotomy. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's lock it down for today. Yeah. This was we'll a fantastic so. episode. I really enjoyed this, and I'd like to do more like this because uh, this is an episode where you know, looking at our older podcasts as you guys have seen that we've been posting them now on Rockfin and um, I'm starting to go through we have a YouTube channel now I didn't want one I never (laughs) wanted one fuck those guys but what I decided to do was um, unfortunately because Rockfin doesn't allow or doesn't have the infrastructure for playlists it really bothered me because I started going through a lot of uh, the first season's podcast episodes and cutting out a lot of the cool stuff Right, and so I'm just gonna show you guys. I showed you guys this last time too, but um, if you go to Rockfin or Rumble, I don't mean I can show you. I'll just tell you. If you go to Rockfin or Rumble and you search "smart home stupid people," you'll see our channels there, and I have it set up so that whenever I upload something to YouTube, it automatically up uploads to Rock uh, to Rumble. And it's funny because it's actually faster to upload it to both platforms mm-hmm. than just to Rumble. I find Rumble to be a pain in the ass to upload stuff to. It takes it takes forever for some reason, and. Um, by doing it this way, we have really cool playlists of all the cool stuff. And um, actually, let me just read a couple mm. of the titles because it was really fascinating to see how uh, the first, I would say, we started this podcast, this video cast in July of last year, around I mean, then. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was like one week before I broke my shoulder and my foot. <laughs> and um, I'm going to go to Rumble for a second. myself a little more in. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Here, let me uh, open this up. My channels. Smart home, stupid people. There we go. I'm going to share. Um, there we go. I'm going to share the screen now. And uh, yeah, we have here. So these are all just recently uploaded, like uh, within the last couple of days. Um, first one I called an essence of life, nature and technology. We are a part of nature. Uh, magic with a K. I like that one. So these are all <laughs> cool little clips that are just, you know, anywhere from two to 10 minutes long that uh, here, whiskey is technology. I like that one. <laughs> Misconceptions <laughs> of being a, bi- a German biologist. Do you remember what that was? Well, yeah. If you, you know, think you're always running around catching little, little squirrels. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so you did remember. Yeah. So the, the big misconception of being a German biologist is that biology is a computer desk job. For the most part. Unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately. And that's one of the largest misconceptions that you had uh, portrayed at the time is that you mm. think that being a biologist means going out and being a part of nature. Well, It's a desk job with uh, people below you that don't know what they're doing. At least on the long run, you know, if you mm. like f- big parts of my PhD were field work, you know, I really was yep. out there and I was observing and all that. But right. Data and DNA. Mm. What is communication? Um, we lose what we don't use. I like that one. That was a good mm. one. Something we can learn from nature and built within the laws of nature. So um, I was just looking at some of the older episodes and we really went through this nice, in the beginning, we really tried to focus on the whole idea of technology and biology and to merge them. And I, and, and I think somewhere around September, you know, maybe I was having, or maybe October, I was beginning to, uh, you know, suffer my own epiphany. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I have maybe. it right in my face. That's why I try to, you know. Yeah, we usually have it on this side. <laughs> that's why. Black thing. <laughs> Actually, this is, you know, this is why I've been going over to the camera all like the whole episode, 
And the reason is because (coughs) if the camera can't see your face, it focuses on the microphone. And this is why you were constantly blurry. And so what I always try to do is give this thing a nice little curl and then push it up to your face. There's someone now. <laughs> now it'll focus on you better. All right. Well, so nice we figured that out at the end. <laughs> exactly. I didn't want to. I didn't want to play with it too much, but now oh, okay. I already have, so it's done. Fine. But that's just learning by doing. Um, so uh, when we got to about October, I started to see that we shifted our direction much more into um, spirituality mm-hmm. and even uh, various esoteric and even. Um, um, conspiracy topics mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I, I we love talking about but but now I'm, I, I this is why I kind of want to do this episode today to go back into more technology science spirituality philosophy mm-hmm. application to kind of like make that one homogenous soup <laughs> because it, it they all belong together it's all mm-hmm. it's to me it's the same it's it's all the same soup <laughs> it's all the same stuff right it's just different ways of of looking at it but i think that looking at uh, uh at all these different things v- with like with these various techniques it brings you one step closer to be able to create a real strong relationship to reality and i think that to me is what this show is about and what we're going to keep doing with yep. this so nice there we go all right that was a fine episode of smart home stupid people my name is eris felmuth i'm madeline Sieke. And uh, we will see you next week, Sunday, 6 p.m. Central European time or noon Eastern Standard Time. Until then, have yourselves a lovely one. Bye-bye.